baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Chris and Amy show on KMOX. Amy Marks, Coors, Chris Ranji. Uh, we're going to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line, and there have been a, it seems like a, an unusual amount of uh, St. Louis City police cars that have crashed um, lately and in seeming like not involved in accidents. Right. They're just single car accidents that have happened. Um don't know what the world's going on. We're going to try to find out because Sarah Fenske is the executive director of the Riverfront Times, has written about this issue, and she joins us on the Quiver River Electric guest line. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. So there was an incident that happened in August we are just now learning about. Yeah, this is a, a weird incident, Chris. I have to say, like when I was put up to speed on this, I was like, wow, very strange. So a police SUV skidded kind of off the road, drove into, you know, those signs that are in front of churches that yeah. they'll have like a message like, God loves you, um, you know, kind of a substantial sign. And this cop car, cop SUV, hits this sign and basically destroys it. And then rather than let the church know what had happened, they clean up the whole mess, which I guess it's nice, at least they clean up the mess, but then they leave the scene, and the church just assumed this was an act of vandalism. Somebody who maybe didn't like the fact that they had a pride flag or a Black Lives Matter sign, they actually got a story in the Post-Dispatch saying, wow, we've been vandalized again, you know, who would go after a church? It's only days later that talking to a neighbor who happened to look out his window after hearing the crash and, and hearing police sirens respond that they found out it was a police SUV that hit this sign and knocked it over. Yeah, it's it. the whole story is bizarre. And a quick side note about the church, okay, assuming it's vandals because they had dealt with vandals before, mm -hmm. the only aberration there is these vandals were upset enough to destroy the sign, but then also conscientious enough to try to clean up the mess, which seems uh, rather counterintuitive for vandals in the first place. So I know that uh, the pastor was confused by that as well. Yeah, the pastor was confused, and I think he wondered, well, this is weird. It looks like somebody smashed a car into this. I'm not seeing any damage from the car. Like, what was going on here? Was this somebody who maybe needed to hide the fact that it was their car? They didn't want to get arrested for doing this. But the thing seemed very strange to him. Well, even stranger when he finds out, oh, the police actually did that damage. So he finds out the police did this, and he reaches out because, hey, you destroyed my sign, and he doesn't get a whole lot of uh, help in return. Yeah, I mean, what was really frustrating when talking to the Reverend Mark Miller, who's the pastor of the Westminster Presbyterian Church, he'd already been reaching out to the police for days, just wanted to get somebody to come out and take a police report so that he would have it for purposes of insurance and for purposes of, you know, documenting the vandalism that he thought had occurred. And even after he called them saying, hey, I know it was you guys, even then he can't get much movement on this. He actually walked down to the police substation that was in the neighborhood, and they said, oh, we can't take a report for that. you got to keep calling. Well, at that point, he whips out these photos like, hey, 
Like, I know this was actually you guys. Well, at that point, then he said they called him back in 30 minutes. They still wouldn't talk to him when he was there on site, but they did very quickly follow up. And what happened that was kind of strange is the officer he spoke to seemed like a nice guy. The officer said, oh, yeah, you know, the guy who was driving this car, there was something wrong with his brake line. And so he chose to skid into your yard rather than hit another car. And so basically confirmed, yeah, this was the police. And then still he manages to get nowhere. Like, they're like, yeah, someone from the city councilor's office will follow up. Nobody follows up. The police destroy the sign, still can't get a police report, can't get anybody to say, like, okay, here's what the process is to, to be made whole by this. You know, this, this pastor is somebody, he doesn't want to hire a lawyer. He's not trying to shake down the city. He just wants to have this taken care of. And hearing what he went through to do that, you know, you can see why people get really frustrated dealing with the city. And I think, you know, as a city resident, as someone who loves St. Louis, I just, I'd like to see us do better. You know, if the police mm-hmm. do something like this, shouldn't they leave a note? You know, I'd do that if I, I hit my name, nicked my neighbor's car. The police should be doing that when they destroy things like this. And when people are trying to get a police report or find out, you know, what are my next steps here? We shouldn't make it so hard for them. They shouldn't have to go to the RFP to figure out what's happening on something as simple as, you know, we destroyed your sign. Well, and then we had the police cruiser, the SUV that crashed into Bar PM back in January, I believe. And there was mm-hmm. another incident Like about as a week well. or two ago, was there not? I thought about uh, a week or I two ago. I thought North was... City. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong about that. Yeah, no. So we, uh, again, at the RFT, this is becoming a full-time beat. And I swear, guys, I'm not seeking these stories out. They're coming to me. There was another um, police SUV that sort of drove off the road and rammed into a chain link fence that was around a different North City church. And, you know, we had a re- who happened to be driving by and was like, hey, they've crashed another one. It, it, it does seem like a flurry of single car accidents. <laughs> so <laughs> it just kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> is there something wrong with the vehicles? Do we, do, no, I'm serious. I'm do, we need, wonder, do we need honestly. a fleet of new vehicles? What is going on here? Yeah, it is, it is very strange. And I have zero answers on that. And I have had... Um, you know, some people who are not conspiracy theorists suggest to me, hey, police are driving around all day. Of course, they're going to get in more accidents than somebody like you who's driving three miles to the office. Like, they make a good point. There are a lot of them out on the street. It may be that we're just all noticing it now. Um, but it is interesting that these, you know, all of these incidents, Bar PM, this other church with the chain link fence, this church with the sign, they're not involving high speed chases. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something an ordinary driver, um, you know, should be expected to handle their cars. Uh, I don't know. Is someone sabotaging the the St. Louis police SUVs? If so, you know, please reach out to me at the Riverfront Times. I will explore that story. (laughs) Yeah. No, but you're right because it's unusual Occasionally people do get distracted or something happens and they you have a single car accident, a car veers off into a yard or a store, but it's pretty unusual. It always makes the news. So to have police officers who, yes, they're driving a lot, but you also kind of assume there's that uh, higher attentiveness because they're on the job, they're on the clock, they're right. working. It's that perhaps you think somebody's making bad decisions, they're texting and driving or they're drinking and driving, but most likely you can take out driving under the influence, or you would think so for any of these You'd cops. Hope so. Right, <laughs> right. So you take that factor out. I would hope that you would take the texting and driving out. It just seems odd because police cars, yeah, everybody 
crashes sometimes, I guess. But a police car is going to have a much lower chance of doing that because they're on the clock. They shouldn't be under the influence. They shouldn't be highly distracted. Yeah, I mean, you make a really good point there. And, you know, one of our sort of ongoing jokes at the RFT is the St. Louis police are just like the rest of us. They can't drive. And there is some truth that, you know, hey, at least you, Hey, you're from Missouri. At least you admit it. Oh, my gosh. This, this state Illinois is kid. horrific This at Illinois kid is so oh. arrogant. Oh, my God. Well, I, I want to clarify here, Chris. I am actually not from Missouri. Oh. I am a transplant. And where I came from, we had to take driver's education. So do we in and Illinois. You yeah, take drivers and I feel in. like the, these St. Louis drivers, man, they are oh. terrifying. And, and the more I live here, the more I'm becoming one of them. I terrify <laughs> myself. And so, you know, the poor St. Louis police, like they're hiring from this pool where, you know, it's, it's the, the peers of the people of St. Louis. The cops are just like us. They don't know how to drive. And I think if I had to guess, I think that's what's behind this. I'm glad that anything. you, I am, Sarah, I am so glad that you brought this up. It didn't even occur to me that these, no. these officers are all Missouri. Missourians, for the most part, and that's why they can't drive. Yeah. Because you're. explain a lot. Oh, all of you in Missouri? I don't know. What are you doing here? Hey, okay. I'm going to bring the conversation down. I apologize. Oh, God. I know. Um, but I, it, it hits close to home because um, we were talking about uh, the Drake concert, like going to the Drake concert. And last night, there was a multi-car crash right by the Enterprise Center where yeah. at least two people died and several others were injured, like, right after the concert let out. The concert had let out. It was minutes before. The streets were flooded with people. And you have a multi-car crash at Olive and 18th. I mean, that's right there. I've parked there, driven by there a million times. It's close to where we work. And do we have any idea more about that story other than it was a multi-car crash? Because that, too, is something that is concerning and not not a... For a city that's trying to say, no, we're safe, come on down, come down to a concert, when stuff like this happens, it feels like things are out of control. Yeah, and I think when you talk to city residents, you know, there's there's kind of this sense of, as you say, that, that things are out of control. And in many cases, it's not people talking about things like carjacking or, or issues like that, although that has certainly been a problem for a lot of people in a lot of neighborhoods. I don't want to downplay that, but I think part of the lawlessness that people feel frustrated by is just how awful drivers can be and how they seem just oblivious to pedestrians. People feel like they can't cross the street. You know, I live pretty close to South Grand and take my kids there to go to dinner. You might have to parallel park on one side of the street, cross to the next. My kids are now trained that after, you know, there's a red light, we have the right of way. We still wait for three cars to blast through that red light before we can even think about crossing. And like, you know, what happened downtown, I don't know any of the details of it, but I know that the traffic violence in this town, um, it's, it's drivers who have decided that they don't care about the safety of others. You know, they yeah. they they are not paying attention. They're texting. They're gunning it through red lights. You know, they're passing people like at a red light on the left. I mean, it's crazy. Some of the behavior you see out there and people just have this sense that there's no one to enforce it. And I think Part of what's really hard then is to see that the cops are driving just like the rest of us. Like, we need them to be better because we desperately need to be better. I, I will say this when it comes to the red lights and running through them. I get very frustrated driving through the city when there's zero traffic 
and these sure. red lights are so poorly timed, and I'm th- and, and I'm sitting, and there are no cars going anywhere because I'm at this red light, and I think I should I should drive right through this because nobody's around, and it happens all the time. Um, I do want to ask you before we let you go, Sarah, about this uh, this pastor at the church, which is at Union in Del Mar, and he says there's about twenty thousand dollars worth of damage. Is he getting any traction now that this story is out? Well, so what's amazing, um, the day before I published the story, I reached out to the city. Hey, I want to understand what's going on here. Like, he showed me all this documentation. Like, tell me your side of it. And they gave me just a one-sentence reply, which is fair. Um, But within hours, he heard from them. So even before we published. And then he followed up with me yesterday after our story was published. And he has finally been connected to the right department. They are moving this forward. I think there's a small part of him that's like, well, I guess I should have complained to the media earlier. And it shouldn't take the media trying to to handle this nicely. But I think finally he is going to get what he needs, which is just them to repay him for this sign. So I'm happy for him. Sarah Fenske, we we love having you on. Thank you for uh, for talking with us today and for doing this story, because it's it's fascinating. I would say, at the very least, this is all very fascinating. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, guys. Sarah Fenske, Executive Director of the Riverfront Times, with us here on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 